0: I feel like a sheep going to slaughter. My colleagues and I are writing our last will and testament. I'm 28 years old.
1: They have indeed earned the title heroes on the frontline. Our healthcare workers out there day to day fighting the coronavirus, comforting families who can't even see their loved ones, who in many cases are dying of this horrible, horrible virus.
0: We fear that we may not survive this pandemic and yet we show up every day to this hospital to take care of our community. We don't ask our servicemen and women to go to war without means to protect themselves.
1: Our policemen to work without bulletproof vests. So why, why are we asking nurses to enter rooms with reused masks? Because we don't have enough supplies. Then I say, make the supplies. We are dying. We are getting sick. It doesn't
0: matter how many ventilators we get, if we are dead and cannot run the ventilators. If respiratory therapists, if doctors, if nurses, if frontline caregivers are sick,
1: are dying, there won't be anyone left to take care of the public. We are
0: demanding to invoke the Defense Production Act, so that all of our factories can be spinning out PPE for us, ventilators for us, materials that we need to save
1: people from this pandemic that will only get worse. And despite the growing numbers of deaths and those affected by this virus, healthcare workers all across this country, all over the world, are putting their lives on the line for us. Today we're going to talk with critical care nurse, Bridget Morgan, who is also the mother of a six-year-old son. She's going to fill us in on what's happening day to day, the tough decisions she has to make, and how we as the public can support all of our heroes of healthcare. That's today here on Rolanda On Demand. It's road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. I tell ya, you, you got to give it to our healthcare workers. I just can't imagine waking up every day to go in and deal with illness, putting your life on the line, may not see your own family again. And some of the psychological toll that this coronavirus must be taking on our healthcare workers. I mean, I talk to people who say the toughest thing is watching people who are dying and suffering alone. Their families can't even see them. I know that at the moment of this, this podcast, um, I have lost someone that I knew. And his wife took him to the hospital, and that was the last she saw him. And he just passed yesterday, and my condolences go out to the Gold family. Um, just one of many people. That I may know or you may know by the end of all of this. I'm Rolanda Watson. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to Rolanda On Demand today. I hope that the information that we impart and the stories that we hear from Bridget and um, as we listen to this horrific uh, pandemic unfold even more, that we will understand um Walking in somebody else's moccasins for a minute, especially the people who are on the front line, as we say, definitely heroes, and particularly our nurses who don't have enough equipment. There already is a shortage of nurses. In fact, they're pulling nurses out of school early to join the front line, and they are concerned. They are concerned that they are not being protected because they have families and lives too. They are concerned that this country didn't move fast enough. You're going to hear from Bridget Morgan, nurse Bridget Morgan today, who works with the Keck Medical Center of USC. She's a critical care nurse. She works in recovery. She works in ICU. And she says it's something else out there, that um, there's not enough equipment, not enough to protect themselves. And as you just heard, one of the nurses uh, in the beginning of the podcast say that if the healthcare workers aren't there, then who is going to take care of us? So these are really serious issues that we have to discuss here, um, because we were late on the game. Our president didn't move on this as quickly as um, other countries have, who have who have you know gotten a lot more control over this thing. And um, we're going to take a psychological, sociological, and uh, medical hit on this thing, economical hit on this thing, uh, in likes that we have never seen before. Bridget is going to help us understand what we can do. Number one, we've got to understand this problem. Stay at home. That's the main thing that our healthcare workers are saying. And um, she's going to tell us ways that maybe we can help. Part of helping is just understanding what people are going through to help save our lives. Oh, boy, what can we do? Well, we're going to talk with Bridget today and try to get some understanding about what's happening and maybe see how we can roll up our sleeves as as citizens here and um, what we can do, even if it's something as simple as staying home, continuing washing those hands, keeping our groceries nice and shampooed, as I say, and keeping those surfaces clean and ourselves healthy. Bridget Morgan is a dynamic registered nurse in Los Angeles. She's one of those heroes that no matter what continues to show up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's nothing that I've ever seen. I've been a nurse going on 10 years now and I've never seen anything like this, nor would I ever feel like I was working in an environment where I am not protected. I've never felt that way before. I've taken care of patients with tuberculosis, you know, all kinds of infectious diseases. And I've never felt that I am unsafe. And in the hospital now, in the ICU that I work in, I do feel like we are not 100% protected. And I feel like, Um, The CDC are constantly changing the guidelines basically because of the supply and demand issue that we're having with uh, PPE and not necessarily science-based, just my own opinion. But that's what it feels like to the healthcare professionals that are working is that they make it seem like we're expendable. You know what I mean? And so it's creating a high amount of stress on um, those of us working in the hospitals. I'm a nurse the other day just broke down crying and said, you know, she has her, her mom that lives at home with her. You know, she has COPD. She has her two children. One of them is like a baby and she's terrified every day that she leaves, that she's going to infect them.
1: We're suffering from this thing. What, what, what are you seeing from the
0: forefront as you're working day to day here in uh, California? Is where I'm working in Los Angeles. And they, it's kind of now just starting to ramp up. So we're not at the point where they are in uh, New York. But it's interesting because I've been kind of following this since December and I saw what was happening in China and I thought to myself, this is probably going to come here because it's a virus. We have planes, there's no way to stop it from traveling. Then I was seeing what was happening in Italy and sure enough, it's starting to happen here. I mean, I think that we've tried to do the social distancing and we are doing the social distancing, but we are now seeing an influx of patients with COVID-19 uh, that are you know, hitting the hospital now. And it's, you're, it's starting to be evident in, in the floors, definitely in the ICU. Um, and the thing about this, uh, this disease is that once a patient decompensates, it happens so quickly. So one minute they're talking to you with, with oxygen and the next minute you're having to intubate.
1: What's most devastating is when families can't see their family member who is, who is struck with this. That's it. When
0: you take them to the hospital. It it is extremely devastating and the psychosocial effect that this is having on patients and even patients that are in the hospital that don't have COVID. I had a patient the last time I worked in the ICU um, and he wasn't there because he had coronavirus. But the first thing I, you know, when I went onto my shift and I introduced to myself and I said, you know, how are you feeling today? He's like, I'm just really, really scared. You know, and he said, I've always had my wife here with me and she can't be here. So, you know, I just tried to hold his hand and talk to him and just told him that I was going to, you know, make sure I took the best care of him as possible and just kind of really provide that uh, psychosocial support that they're dealing with, because it's really hard for all the patients in the hospital. And especially if you are a patient with the coronavirus, you're already isolated. People are coming in with these suits and these masks and these goggles. You're already terrified and then you don't have your family there. You know what I mean? So it's very, very hard for the patients in the hospital right now.
1: I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. I mean, I, I, I can remember when, you know, the closest thing I have is when my father had a heart attack and my father was dying of ALS and we all went to the hospital and we stood by him and we stood vigil. And I can't imagine somebody being in the hospital and not having that, that support system and, and the psychological toll it's taking on, as I call you guys, the heroes on the front line the nurses and the doctors. Um,
0: oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's terrifying terrifying. Is a
1: petri dish, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's nothing that I've ever seen. I've been a nurse going on 10 years now and I've never seen anything like this, nor would I ever feel like I was working in an environment where I am not protected. I've never felt that way before. I've taken care of patients with tuberculosis, you know, all kinds of infectious diseases. And I've never felt that I am unsafe. And in the hospital, now in the ICU that I work in, I do feel like we are not 100% protected. And I feel like um, the CDC are constantly changing the guidelines basically because of the supply and demand issue that we're having with uh, PPE and not necessarily science-based, just my own opinion. But that's what it feels like to the healthcare professionals that are working is that they make it seem like we're expendable. You know what I mean? And so it's creating a high amount of stress on um, those of us working in the hospitals. I'm A nurse the other day just broke down crying and said, you know, she has her, her mom that lives at home with her. You know, she has COPD. She has her two children. One of them is like a baby. And she's terrified every day that she leaves, that she's going to infect them.
1: Well, do you feel that, I mean, there are nurses who have come out of New York City who have used quotes, they felt it, felt as if they were sent to slaughter because they didn't have the, the the protective gear that they felt that, that was necessary in the situation.
0: Is that the way that you felt? Well, there is some gear, but if you look at what they did in China and Italy and the type of gear they have is quite different from the type of gear that we're given here in the United States. We're given a gown. Um, the last time I worked in the ICU, they're constantly changing the guidelines, but they were saying, oh, if it's a rule out patient and a rule out means like they haven't the test hasn't come back yet that they have coronavirus then it's only a droplet precaution and what that means is it's not considered airborne so you can just put a regular mask and goggles on which to me doesn't make sense because like if we were to rule out any other patient that um if they were positive, we would need airborne protection. Then we should have airborne protection just in case they're positive. You see what I'm saying? So right. those are the things that was coming from management. And um, there has been pushback from the nurses. The other thing is that we're given one N95 mask to wear throughout, you know, throughout the day. That's never been our practice. Anytime we go into a patient with that's on that's on airborne precautions and we put on an N95 mask. When we leave that room, we take that N95 mask on and we put a new one each time. So I don't know that there are really studies out there to show that these N95 masks are actually effective for that long or how we're cleaning them. If that's going to really decrease the effectiveness of that N95 mask and then we're all getting exposed every time we go in there. Should we be wearing masks at the grocery store? (sighs) Um. I would, if you're definitely, if you're sick, definitely stay home. But if you're going out to the grocery store, it's okay. I would say for your own protection, it's okay to wear a a mask, but don't, it's the thing about when, when people that aren't in the healthcare profession wear a mask or wear gloves and thinks that's going to protect them, they have to know how to use it, right? So I've seen people in the grocery store with gloves on touching everything. Next thing you know, they touch their wallet, they touch their their face mask, they've adjusted it. So you've just exposed yourself to the stuff that's been on your, on your gloves, you know what I mean? Right. So the safest thing I would say for people that really aren't healthcare professionals is to maintain your distance, at least six feet, um, to make sure you wash your hands as soon as you come back. Like if you go to the grocery store, before you get in the car, make sure you hand sanitize your hands. Um, when you leave the grocery store and you bring your stuff inside, I would make sure I wipe everything down. Girl, and I shampoo my groceries. I just yeah. put it in the sink and just go through and just shampoo each thing. <laughs> with my little sponge with the soap on it, I just, everything exactly and wash your hands with that i mean but it, also people that are you know old, like older immunocompromised or if you're just feeling unsafe it's okay to wear a mask but just be careful not to touch your face and I know that it's
1: psychological you're,
0: too yeah and know that your hands are clean but if you're maintaining your distance from people for, and, but then you never know if somebody's sick and they're coughing and sneezing then you know you would rather have a mask on so it's, it's a personal preference.
1: And when we come back here on Rolanda On Demand, we will continue with Nurse Bridget and find out other ways that we can coronavirus-proof our homes. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And If you are, I sure wish you'd leave a rating and a review. Only if you like it, though. (laughs) You can do that right there where you're listening to your favorite podcast. Also, follow me every day of the week in social media, on Facebook and IG and TikTok and LinkedIn and Twitter at Rolanda Watts. That's R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S, at Rolanda Watts. I also have the Rolanda Watts YouTube channel where you can check out a lot of other good things going on over there, including some old Rolanda shows from the 90s. <laughs> Boy, a lot of things haven't changed, but go on. Well, then again, a lot of things have, but go and check out some of those shows and some of my comedy acts and I'm A lot of fun stuff over there. Also, if you're into reading while we're on this coronavirus lockdown, pick up my romance suspense novel destiny lingers some of you didn't even know i'd written a book did you well check it out on amazon it's called destiny lingers it's a juicy romance story endorsed by dr maya angelo about an investigative news reporter who's covering every big story except her own life until she finds this long strand of red hair on her husband's bed pillow only person she knows with bright red hair is her best friend You can imagine where that's gonna go. Ooh, it gets good. But anyway, she flees down from New York City to North Carolina to sit by the ocean and get her life together. Meets a handsome police chief, come to find out that was the little boy she was in love with but couldn't be with because of segregation. Boy, what would you do at a second chance at your first love? Well, find out what Destiny and Chase do. (laughs) That's Destiny Lingers, and you can pick it up on Amazon
0: bold radio it's Rolanda they
1: are saying this is a major public health issue that's facing American children how we use all of this technology around us not as babysitters not an electronic babysitter but how we interact with our kids while they're interacting with the media I mean gosh I've been in tv radio now and we get blamed for everything don't we but it's like saying the refrigerator made me fat you can't do that
0: there's more Rolanda next talk listen connect C-suite radio.
1: Hey, before we get back to Nurse Bridget, who is uh, helping us understand what it's like being a nurse on the front line and who's also going to help us as we try to coronavirus-proof our homes uh, with some great tips coming up, I just want to know if you've heard of Cameo. Cameo is a great place you can go check out. Cameo.com, C-A-M-E-O, like the music group (laughs) for you old schoolers, dot com. And it's where celebrities and people you love are going to give you a personalized greeting for somebody you care about. It could be a happy birthday. It could be a get well soon. It could be a remember to wash your hands. Whatever it is, let me make a cameo for you. Go to cameo.com slash Rolanda Watts. And let me make a personalized greeting just for you. Now let's get back to the show. Any other things you can tell us, like the, the average layperson, what we can do day to day, what we can teach our children, and then we're going to get into the fact that you're a mom too. So, what what else, what else can we do as families at home? It, it, we're stuck in the house. You know, we have certain runs we have to make. Those are important things to know. But but
0: I think it's just basic, right? It's just continuously washing your hands, drinking water. I would say definitely health and wellness right now. So definitely stay hydrated. Drink a lot of water. Um, take your vitamins. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. This probably hasn't been studied or, you know, anything, but... I wouldn't say it wouldn't be a bad idea to get a little extra vitamin C and zinc into your system. And D, um, vitamin D is good too. Vitamin D, vitamin B as well, and zinc as well um, into your system, and just make sure. I mean, you don't, if you're home, just and you haven't gone anywhere, you don't have to like continuously wash your hands all the time beyond what you normally would do, like before you eat or something like that. But if you go out, you should definitely have a process for decontaminating yourself before you come back in the house. You should leave your shoes outside. You should wash the clothes. Immediately take them off and wash the clothes that you went out in and change into a different set of clothes and wash your hands before you come in because you want to kind of create your home space as um, a safe space. You know what I mean? So anytime you come back in that space, you want to make sure you keep it as clean and disinfected as possible.
1: And, and also washing that hair. You know, a yeah. lot of folks have
0: those big old yeah. afros and all that long,
1: cascading, fake
0: <laughs> hair. You better wash that stuff because it's picking up stuff as well. You yes, is the hot mess is so dry from being washed so much. <laughs> I, you know what? I have an extra
1: room in my house, and I just, when I come in, I throw my jacket in that room and I throw it because things will last 24 hours. So I just throw it in that room until it dies, I figure. <laughs> Go back in. But we're all taking precautionary measures unlike anything we've ever done. And where do you see this going? I mean, you're in the medical
0: field. How long do you think this is going to last? You know, it's really hard to say. They really, um, right now, it feels like we in California at least are on the upswing of things as far as cases. It's constantly increasing right now. So the curve that everybody's talking about, we're going up. Um well, from what I just read earlier it doesn't look as if New York is flattening off yet, so we're they're still in an upswing too so i it It looks like from what i've seen that we are maybe like a, a couple weeks behind New York, maybe a week or two behind New York as far as California but we're hoping that the so- the social distancing that people are doing and um will help change that. you know what I mean, so it's just really, really hard to say i mean I know. President Trump said something about Easter and then he extended it to the end of April. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes into June or further.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling like summertime. And then we have to prepare for the following uh, winter. But by that yeah. time, hopefully we'll have some, some type of headway in terms of a vaccination or something.
0: I, w- gonna- I would hope so. I mean, because a lot of people aren't getting that a lot of people don't get extremely ill where they need to be hospitalized, right? So hopefully, you know, at some point, we'll be able to get those antibodies, work on a vaccine and, you know, so that people are protected for if this becomes like a seasonal thing. And hopefully it is seasonal because summer's coming up. So <laughs> that's and yet, a big right, and diet down so we can get some more yeah. research.
1: Now, how do you deal with this being in the medical field, being a mom also, you have a little boy and how do you deal? I mean, I mean, this is, I know you wash your clothes and do all this, but this has got to be nerve wracking for a mom. I mean, you I'm not a
0: mom, I don't know. it is extremely stressful. I feel like I'm completely on edge. Um, I just got walked in on like nothing major. And I just jumped like, cause I'm so uptight. Like every time I work, especially when I work in the ICU, I'm like, giving myself basically 14 days, like, okay, did I get infected that time? Like it's, but it's hard because I keep going back to work, but it's, um, it's definitely very, very stressful. I try to be as cautious as I can. Um, I have people giving me N95 masks. So, um, we have like a, um, for uh, one of the hospitals I work at, Keck Medical Center, we are asking for donations from the public to, you know, any kind of, uh, protective, personal protective equipment that they can donate. This is definitely showing a lot of love and support from the community as well.
1: Right. How do you explain to children what's going on?
0: Well, you know, I have a six-year-old son and it all kind of happened around his birthday and so his little birthday party had to be canceled and so I kind of had to explain it to him but I kind of did it in a way where he's like a superhero I'm like look we have this virus that we really really have to fight and I was like are you a good fighter he's like yes mommy I'm like okay <laughs> well this is how we do it we have to make sure we wash our hands Every time we come inside, we have to change our clothes. So I'm just giving him little stuff that we have to do to fight the coronavirus. And he's like, "Oh, that coronavirus. <laughs> so When he washes his hands, I'm fighting the coronavirus, and he goodness. becomes he becomes a hero when he washes his hands, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so and then, but then he does. He when he does hear it, he's like, "Why do they always talk about the coronavirus?" So I leave it at that. I, he doesn't have the fear and the the anxiety and worry that you know as an adult we have. So I just leave it just like that, and he doesn't feel unsafe or unprotected. I try not to let the news come on with him watching it because I just don't want that fear for him because it's unnecessary.
1: Right, but and now listen, how do you deal with the fear of adults because there we cannot deny that there is a fear factor here. What do you say you know, just in wrapping everything up, what do you say to the to the public who's listening and and you know, on lockdown right now and trying to gather as much information to survive as possible?
0: You know, I would say, stay home if you if you are able to if you don't have a job that requires you to leave the house really stay home and enjoy this time with your family. Enjoy this time for some self-reflection. You know, you can do a lot of things just at home and you are safe at home. So only time that you're going to be unsafe or in risk of getting this virus is if you leave. But if you take the precautions that you need to take when you come back, um, then for the most part, you should be fine. And so it's really, really important for people to stay home because the more people stay home, Um, this won't last as long. It won't infect as many people and hopefully not as many people will die. So that's, you're saving lives by staying home. And spoken from a true lifesaver, Bridget Morgan RN, and
1: so many other initials: RN, BSN, PHN, <laughs> <laughs> Bridget Morgan, lifesaver extraordinaire, honey. Uh, one of you, the one of the folks on the forefront. We thank you so much. Thank you so much for being our Rolanda
0: demand. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm on Facebook at Bridget Morgan. Um, I'm also Instagram Bridget Nicole Morgan. So yeah. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. All right. Sounds good. Thank you,
1: Nurse Bridget. I just want to say thanks again for tuning in to my podcast. I hope you'll subscribe so you can be notified of all the great podcasts I have coming up every week. And yes, we're going to dedicate a lot to coronavirus and Help us find some good ways to get through this horribly dark time. Hey, by the way, if you need financial aid, uh, the past couple of weeks I've been doing podcasts about how to start your own at-home business with Dr. Lynn Richardson, who's a wonderful financial guru. she's got a lot of spunk and energy and great advice. Also, attorney Sarah Azari, my friend who wrote the book, Unprecedented About Trump. Pick that book up. That's a good one. Uh, Sarah is joining us and she helps us go through all of the programs, the financial aid, the economic relief programs for small businesses, for unemployed, for the actors, we go through all of that stuff. So if you need some money, you need some help, you're trying to start your own business, go back and listen to those great podcasts. There's some really good stuff there. And I really, really, really hope it helps you. So leave a review if you're liking the podcast. Give me a five-star rating if you love it. And uh, please subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned. Please don't forget to follow me on social media, on Facebook, IG, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and on YouTube at the Rolanda Watts channel. I even have the Rolanda Comedy channel I'm starting up, so check that out too. Thank you so much again for listening. I usually end my show by saying, now go out there and do something good. Well, times have changed, so you stay put right there at home and still do something good. I'm Rolanda Watts, and you've been listening to Rolanda On Demand on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.